Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. I like this. This is, this is what God brought in my spirit. I went back and I started adding some scriptures to it. And I just, I just quit. I just quit wrestling with the Lord and just went ahead and says, okay, this is, we'll, we'll just do this and see what you're going to do. And I, 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 like, I always like it when God sends me to access. I always hope I can say pa-ha-ha-roth because everybody around here know I love saying pa-ha-ha-roth. Just because it's just one of those words that's, that's fun. And so I'm, but in verse 13, I'm going to Exodus 14, verse 13 first. And it said, and Moses said to the people, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see. How many of sometimes the first thing we got to do is not be afraid? You can't be afraid of. Boy, see, you can't be afraid of what the enemy's going to do to you. That's kind of common sense. But you also can't be afraid of what God's going to do to you. Oh, I got eight people that got that. I mean, sometimes, sometimes God will tell you to sell everything you got and, and get in the car and take your two kids and move down to, to Shalot. I ain't talking about last week. I'm talking about way back. <laughs> when we didn't have a super Walmart or nothing. And, and you, can't be, you can't, be, can't be afraid. He said, he said, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will see again no more forever. Well, that was a word right there. How many know the enemies that you run out? You don't have to deal with them anymore. That's a good word. For the Lord will, f- why? Because the Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace. That means you can rest. I want to prophesy to somebody right now, whatever you've been fighting in, get ready to rest in. You don't have to receive it, but I'm going to give it. It's up to you. Whatever you've been fighting, get ready to rest in. Why is that? Because you're giving it to the Lord because it's his. He's fighting this battle. So you can't, you can't, you know, that, that, that's the key to prayer. We've been talking about two different keys to prayer, uh, a couple of keys to prayer, and, and you can't ask him something. I, I've been saying that because I want us to make sure we understand, but I believe this is a key that God, God laid upon my heart a couple weeks ago about us praying. You've been praying and saying, why ain't God doing this? Why ain't this happening? Number one, we forget about the approach. You can't just ask him something. You got to approach him first. And whenever you can go to somebody very important, whether it be a parent, you know, you're, you're 16, you run out of, you run out of, you know, you run out of wheat, you run out of money before you run out of wheat, you know, so you go back and ask them for some money. How many of you know that you, you went through that a hundred times before you went and asked for it? Or you went to a teacher and asked them for, you know, can I, can I have some help with this grade? How many of you went over, you went over the approach before you had the question down, you know what you need, you just got to deal with the approach. I got to figure out how I'm going to, how I'm going to go through this thing. And, and you do it. And so, and so you go to him. And the Bible says you go to him and believe that he is. And we're going to deal with that in a second. He's a rewarder to those of us that diligently seek after him. Because we can come boldly. That means with confidence to the throne of grace. You can come with confidence that knowing we're going to find help. I mean, he needs help. We're going to find help in our times of need. We come boldly into that throne room of grace. Anyway, we do that. We have the approach. We ask him. And then the third thing, which is very important, leave it. Those songs says, leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord. Come on, anybody from the south around here? I know we got a lot of northerners. Anybody ever sing songs like that? And leave it there. If you trust and never doubt. 
He'll bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and do what with it? Sometimes you just got to leave it there. God, I give her to you. I give him to you. I give this to you, Lord. I've approached you. I've asked you. And now I'm leaving it right here with you because I, I can't do nothing else. I'm not carrying it anymore. I'm not dragging it anymore. I'm not having this load anymore. I'm just going to give it to you right now. Amen. That's prayer. That's how you pray. So anyway, so um, this is the place where, the reason why I, I just brought up Pahaha Roth, because this is where they were. This is the place where God had led them. How many knows that God has led us somewhere? Everything we've done this week, everything we've been doing this year, everything we've been doing, we've been going after God with everything that we have. It's because God has led us somewhere. And God always has a plan. God has a purpose. And with every plan, every purpose, we're going to realize we don't think it's God's plan and God's purpose because we have problems. Have you noticed sometimes in God's plans, you're going to have problems. God has a plan, but the plan is going to have a problem because just like with this, the children of Israel had left. God had a plan. He set the children of Israel free. And whenever they left... That means it was a problem. Just because, you, just because you had a good week don't mean the devil's going to leave you alone. If anything else, he's going to come after you even harder. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish you had told me that before. I wouldn't have came at all last week. Well, no, he's going to come after you whether you come to church or not. He did. I said he did. That's why you, try to, that's why you had a whole hard trouble keeping, all those, keeping all, those, um, all those addictions and all those bad habits that you had. It wasn't because you were in church so the devil comes after you even before you got saved. So even you get saved, now he's really going to come after you. But guess what? Now it's not, it's not you he's coming against. It's the God in you. And how many knows he's already been defeated by the God in you so he can't do nothing to you. And so we know that there's a problems and problems are going to come. But God has a, God always, God has a, he has a plan for every problem that we have. And so it's, so it's important. So, so anyway, I, I, I want to I look at a, a couple of things here. And the thing that I want to, I guess I want to focus first is God, make sure that we're keeping, we were singing about it a while ago, so I really just zeroed in the word that God gave me a little bit I want to get up here right now and, and do, is, is that we got to make sure we, we see him. And everything you do, you see him, regardless of the, regardless of the distractions, regardless of what's going on. And, and over in Genesis, over in Genesis chapter number 15, and over in Genesis chapter number 15, and I guess uh, for, we'll just go to verse number 3. You're going to turn there. They might put it up there. The Bible says to Abraham, look, you have given me no offspring. This is what Abraham is saying to God. Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my, is, is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this one shall not be your heir, talking about his servant, but the one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Remember, Abraham is old, and his wife is old, and they're getting older. You're talking about something's going to come from me, it's going to happen. Then he brought him outside, God brought Abraham outside, and said, look towards the heaven, and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness now here's the whole point just because God has a plan doesn't mean there's not going to be any problems and just because God has brought you to the right place or at at the right place at this time because God always has a plan for this time which which you're in that sometimes you got to hang on to what God has, has shown you and here's Abraham, he, he's, he's looking at himself, 
First of all, God says, out of your loins, out of your, out of your children is going to come a great nation, and they're going to do great things for me. And then you look at yourself. Say, it ain't happening. Then you look at your wife. You don't tell her. It's like, girl, I, I, just, don't think, I just don't think it's going to happen. And then he looked up at the word of the promise that God gave him, which was the stars that's in the sky. And he kept on looking at, what's your point? Sometimes no matter what's going on, no matter what enemy comes after you with, you can't look at how situations are. You got to look at what God told you they were going to be. God told you, he says, he said, I want you to count them. And be honest with you, every blessing, everything that we've ever gotten out of that God has ever done for us, that, that we can't count them. There might well be stars in the sky because we cannot count them. And the Bible says that's what Abraham kept in front of him at all time. It's not what, what, what wasn't happening or what wasn't going to happen. It's what God said was going to happen. And you have to keep that in front of you at all times. It's a battle. It's a challenge. That's called, that's one of the ways you resist the devil. No, that's what, that's not what, that's not what God said. And you have to, he said, you know, devil, if I had time, I could, but I can't, I can't count the blessings that God has done. I can't, I can't give you all the ways out that God has given me. But I do know is that if it's called, this is a bad situation right now, we're still going to go through this. Sometimes you got to keep your eyes on what God has told you. And this is what Abraham did. It didn't get any better because we know that God did bless Abraham and God blessed Sarah and gave him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you're 80-something years old and, and you, you get pregnant, I mean, how many knows that's the power of the Holy Spirit? I ain't got no father in that. <laughs> but that's, 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 that's what had happened. And so then that happened, and then the same Holy Spirit, now they had Isaac. And now through Isaac is going to come a great offspring. And the Holy Spirit says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick your wife. Okay, Holy Spirit, pick my wife because you just, I mean, if you, if you're the reason why I'm here, so I'll let you pick my, my, my wife. And so then he picked Rebecca. And girlfriend, she's barren. She's not fertile myrtle at all. There's nothing about her that's fertile. And so now he has to really lean upon God. Because sometimes the promises of God is not going to come easy. I mean, he first he told Abraham, and Abraham said, okay, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to stare at the star of the sky, and this is what I'm going to stare at. Because whatever you see has your attention. Whatever you're staring at has your attention. And there's always going to be distractions. Hey, Abraham, you're old. Your wife is not old, but guess what? Keep your eyes on the word. The stars represents the word. Keep, and they're distractions. Remember, God, Jesus did not walk on this earth from the voices on the outside. He walked on this earth from the voices on the inside. Every word that proceeds, he said, every word that proceeds out of the Father's mouth, that's what I do. He got a lot of distractions. He got a lot of enemies. He had a lot of people coming against him. And that's how, that's how we allow the enemy to rob us of our destiny, of our, of our plans that God has for us. Is we allow the, we allow the distractions on the outside to get us. But it's the, it's the distraction. Have I mean, you know some distractions, most distractions are, let me say it this way. Some distractions are good and some distractions are bad. Most distractions, I believe, are bad because most of the time in the church, we're getting distracted by what? By the people who didn't, who don't want to go after God the way you go after God, who don't want to believe God for what you want to believe God for, who don't want to trust God for what you trust God for and, and know it's going to happen and don't do that. But how many you know sometimes you can be distracted by God? 
Huh? I can tell y'all ain't been distracted by God in a while, but sometimes he will distract you. How do you know he distract you? It doesn't matter what the doctor says. doesn't matter what your husband's saying. doesn't matter how your daughter's acting. doesn't matter what the bank account looks like. It doesn't matter what you feel like doing. It just doesn't matter. And you're so distracted that God's still saying, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. You're going to have what I said you're going to have. You're going to be what I... And everything else has fallen to, to hell and back, but you're distracted not by what is happening in the but you're distracted by what God is saying is going to happen in the supernatural. I mean, it's ready to get distracted by God. I ain't preaching this, but this is, huh? Just get completely distracted. And that was what was wrong with Abraham. He got distracted. Every time he wanted to give up, he looked up at the sky and there is the promise of God. Every time you want to quit coming to church, every time you want to quit praying, every time you want to quit worshiping and blessing God, God will put something in your life that reminds you that, hey, I'm still here. I'm here to distract you. I know you're going down the wrong path, but I'm here to distract you to get you back on the right path. It won't be easy, Abraham, and it won't be easy, Isaac, but I'm here to tell you my word will not return to me void but it's going to do what I set it out to do you can either allow the bad distractions to rob you of the blessings of God or you can allow the good distraction to bring you right into the presence of God and that's what that's what they did and so uh, my man my man Isaac had to do some work he had to pray he had to trust God he had to believe God and because he did because he did she became bar- She began to have children. And we all know the whole story of that. In Mark 8, 13, 18, you got time to read it, but I want to bring this out. Jesus began to talk. Then you go home and read it. it. It was him talking about you have eyes, but you don't see. You have ears, but you don't hear. Because we get distracted on the outside. There was two types of people that the people was dealing with whenever Jesus was, was talking to them. So Jesus wanted to talk to them about the influence of the mind. How many of sometimes you can't see Jesus for who he is because of the influence that's been placed upon your mind? That's what you allow to land there. I mean, you just allow the land. I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, if, if it, a lot, you need to look at distractions. I just got this vision. It's crazy, but it's, it's good. The, the, you know, like, like a bad distraction or a bad thought is like a fly. This is crazy, guy. I mean, but I'm telling you, like a fly flying around, and you're like, you just land. I don't care if it's on the bread. I don't care if it's in the sauce. You hateful thought. If you just land, I'm going to splatter you. I'm going to take you out. And this, is what, and this is what happens whenever bad distractions come up and, and it tries to distract you from looking, at, from looking at God and keeping your eyes on him and seeing Jesus for who he is. It tried to distract Abraham. It tried to distract Isaac. I'm going to tell you some more people that tried to distract. And Jesus went to talk to them in Mark 8, 13 through 18. He wanted to talk to them about the influence of the mind. What is landing on your mind and you just let it sit there? No more would you let a fly sit there and land on your pot roast. Let's pretend like y'all still make pot roasts, but if you did and a fly landed on it, you wouldn't leave it there. And so this is, he's talking about, but here's the two things. There was two things. There, there, there was two systems. There was a political system. There was a religious system. Here was a political, political system, which is, which is humanism. And it says you can believe in God, but don't put him in the center. 
You can believe in your God. Just don't put him in the center. There's churches right now. Oh, you can believe in God. Just don't put him in the center. I'm the center. Do are the center. Everything we do, believe in God. And that, that was the whole political system. The fair civil system, which religious system says, God is in the center, but he's powerless. We just don't believe in his power anymore. We don't believe he can do what he says he can do. So we've got one that says that, that believe in God, but don't put him in the center. Then religious people say, don't put him in the center, but he ain't going to do anything. And these two realities fight for what we think and what we see. We, we're constantly fighting. Okay, I'll put God. I, I, I can believe in God, but I can't put him in the center. Or if I do put him in the center, he can't do anything. And so we're constantly fighting about what we think and what we see. And God is telling him, no, you got to think and you got to see. Put God in the center and believe he can do everything that he says he can do. That you can have everything that you said he can have. It's all about how you see it. And so here, this is, get back to my, my other text, is that, and so over in, in, in Exodus 14, and so whenever they were going through some stuff, that, that the Lord just spoke to Moses, says, Moses, you got, you got to tell some people because I want you to know, I'm up here, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your pastor this morning, and we had, a, we had a good time, but I'm not, this past week and what we've been through this whole, whole half a year now is, is we're over half a year over now, and, and, and it's, we're, not, we're not looking for a visitation, we're looking for a habitation. I'm tired, I'm tired of visitations. God, I'm glad you visited. I mean, you know, but, uh, you, and, and, and there's some people, you're glad they just visit. Okay, you visit over. Okay, God bless you. So glad you came. I mean, right. Y'all remember company? Huh? I know another generation don't, but Gen X people, y'all remember company? You remember being a kid and you had a company? Melo, you remember company coming over to your house? Oh my goodness! There's a car pulling up in the yard. I want you UPM. Well, nobody believe me. The only person that bought you something was the mailman. He came about twelve. Anybody else pulled up in your yard? It was called CJ. It was called Company. And you were happy to see Company come, but after a while, I mean, now people get shocked. They pull up in your yard about seven o'clock. What the heck? Who is that? Cut the lights off. Hit the floor right now. Don't get up. Pull the shades. Who is that? I don't know. In front of church, I think. Pull that. Don't look. Get, put the baby. Get the baby. Get, put the pillow over his head. Don't, don't smother him, but don't let him cry. Don't let him say a word. Where are they at? They're walking to the door. They're coming to the door. Get out. Get behind the couch. Don't let them see you. Y'all laughing. You know it's true. It didn't get, it didn't get late till like after 8.30. So it'll like be 7.15 somebody shows up. Y'all, y'all laughing. Let me show up. I'm going to show up at somebody's house tonight about 7.45 and see if you open the door. I'm not, but. When I was like 12, I saw a car. I was like, hey, we got company. We got company. I said, well, who is it? I don't know. We got company, though. They come in. You, you get them outside. You got to feed them. I care about that. You hungry? Got something to eat? You got to feed them. Hold on. But after a while, I don't know why I got on this. But, but they can't. So sometimes company might be good, visitation. But I don't want to. That's what it was. I don't want to visit. I, wanna, but I don't care who the company was. You don't want them to stay forever. Will you like them or not? But we're talking about God. We don't want him to visit us. We want him to come in and move in with us. Amen. We want a habitation. 
Man, y'all crazy today. Where y'all pull that out, man? Anyway, so my point was, I want to go back to 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And so, um, because, you know, if you come out, like these guys here, they were coming out of, they were coming out of Egypt. They just got deliverance. Great things was happening. All kinds of stuff was going on. They had to watch distractions. And the main thing they had to do as, as well is make sure that Emmy was not trying to take them back where he got them from. So he said, he, he said don't be afraid, guys. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, to stand still literally, literally means to, to, to let go and know that he is God. Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am God. How many know that knowing he is God is called perfect faith? Hmm? So he says right over here, he says, be still. And he says, Moses said to them, do not be afraid. Stand still. Stand still. Stand still. And, and I looked at that, I'm trying to figure out, okay, oh, that's over in Psalm 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. Knowing that he is God is that perfect faith. My situation might not look good right now, but everything will turn out all right. Because stand still. You're going to, only time God will ever tell you, watch this, here's a word. Only time God will tell you to stand still is because something's getting ready to happen. Every other time, just like I told you, Abraham, even with Isaac, with Rebecca, that boy had to pray, that boy had to worship. That boy had to bring back to remembrance everything that the, the father, that God had told to his, to his daddy, Abraham. He had to work. He had to do everything he did. And then, then God made Rebecca, made her fertile, and she began to have children. So you have to do things. But whenever God tells you to stand still, that means you've got to have perfect faith that's now in, in at work because now he's getting ready to do something. I'm telling somebody right now, it's time, it's, you, it, whatever battle you're going through, get ready to hear the word, voice of God tell you to stand still because you're starting to look for what it is he's getting ready to do. And that's perfect faith. That's perfect faith. That's perfect faith because he's, he, he's, 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 he's going to do it because something's about to happen. It is time to stand still until your difficult situation and you know in your difficult situation because you know he is God. Stand still and know that he is God. So everything about this is knowing that he is God. Knowing that he is God. So this, is, this, is, this really is the, the whole word here I want to get at is knowing he is God. Whenever you look at him and know that he is God, then whatever you see and that's how you see him, then that's what has your attention. If you look at him, you know, like the political system in Jesus' day, you know, you, you, can, you can believe in him, but don't make him the sinner. Or the religious system says you can make him the sinner, but don't get caught up in his power. No, that ain't what he says. He says you need to, you need to look at him. you got to believe in him. you got to know that he is God, and he can do whatever, whenever, however he wants to do it. Don't get caught up in the political or the religious. You know that he is God, and you're focused on him because whatever you're looking at has your attention. And you give your eyes fixated on him. That's what we're just seeing. John, that's why John, whenever he tried his song, we're singing, is out of Revelation 19. All the way to 19. It was in Revelation, it was actually in Revelation chapter number 3 when God says, when John said, he called him up to show him a vision. We went all the way to Revelation 19. He says, all I can tell you is his eyes are like a flame of fire. His hair is like wool. His voice is like the voice of many waters. See, he might not look like that to you because you can't just look at Jesus. It depends on where you are when you're looking at him. 
And if you're looking at him full of doubt and, and just, just not just not going to happen, and be honest with you, his eyes are not a flame of fire because you think God hates you. His hair is not like wool because, you know, he's not, he's not full of wisdom. He's not full of authority. His voice is not like many waters. But, boy, whenever you allow the Spirit of God to call you up so you can see God from a different perspective. The whole book of Revelation and, and, and John is about the perspective from which he's looking at Jesus from. And whenever God begins to take you up and begins to suck you in and take you to another, we talked about last week, that from glory to glory means from one level to another level. He calls you from glory to glory. He calls you from one level, and he calls you to come to that level. That's glory to glory. Why? Because he wants to show you a totally different perspective of who he is. And if he can get you to see that that way, then you're going to be distracted but not from the outside, but from the inside. And whatever has your sight has your attention. So Moses said, I want you to stand still because we're going to see. You're going to see. You're going to see it. You're going to see. You're going to have perfect faith. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, seeing is very, is very important. Um, Because we, we want to look for all things in the Lord. Not just some things. You want to look at all things in the Lord. Even the bad things, the things you don't want to bring up in his presence. No, you want to look for all things in the Lord. Because behind every cloud is, a, is always here is a, is a silver lining. He's that silver lining. And we keep our eyes on him. We keep looking at him. And, and, and there was a couple of people that I want to bring up real fast. And then we'll, we'll close is... Is, is the woman with the issue of blood. First of all, this woman with the issue, she had to get up that morning, go to where Jesus was, risk everything that she had. She could have and should have been distracted over everything that was supposed to tell her not to do what was she was getting ready to do. If the religious people see her, they can stone her. If the doctor sees her, they're going to take her and throw her back in the house because you shouldn't be out here. And she's really afraid. She, and she really didn't see Jesus and who he was and see him, see him in all things. She sees him how he is, which is what I just taught you. But she also got to see him in all things. She's contaminated. In the, in the law which she is in the land in which the belief system that they have no, she's not supposed to be around people because she's around people what's on her is supposed to get on them so that's the reason why she can't be around crowds but this woman sees Jesus not only for some things but she sees him in all things and if I can see him for who he is and I'm distracted from the inside, not from the outside. What they say can't happen. I see him for all things, not some things. I can go up to him, but I can't touch him. Because if you touch him, what's on you is going to get on him. But she sees him not as a religious figure, not as a political figure. She sees him as her savior, as her healer. She sees him for all things. And when she went and pressed through the crowd... And she touched him. Long story short, 
It wasn't what got on her that got on him that changed the whole situation. It was what was on him got on her and that changed the situation. Amen. And so I know we're kind of off time and you guys up here, y'all doing good. And so with that, I just literally, I was dealing with that. I was also on the Canaanite woman. The Canaanite woman, she's, she's a woman. She's a woman that got up one day. She is, she's, she's a Canaanite. This is, this is way for Jesus. This is way for Jesus goes to heaven and, and Paul goes out and starts teaching. She's between around Jesus. She's a Canaanite. She's a Phoenician. She's like an Iraqi. During that time, I mean, crossing over in Israel, I mean, even today, I mean, it's not making any sense. And she comes pressing through to Jesus herself. This time, not for herself, but for her daughter. Because she wasn't distracted by every other reason why she shouldn't be there and what's going to happen to her. They could have thrown her out and thrown, they could have thrown her in jail for even being over there. But she was so fixated. Because whatever has your focus has your attention. You don't care about anything else. And she went out and she, she came to him and, and Jesus told her, he says, I've never seen such great faith. Great is your faith. Just like you did with the, with the other woman. But I was look, reading these and, I, and, and real fast, I wrote down, there's, there's over 160. There's over 160 questions. I'm going to come back to these later. I'm going to make a whole series out of these. But I, I, I grabbed 10 of them today. There's 160 questions that Jesus asked in the Bible. He asked. And there's a reason behind every single one of them. Some he answered himself. Some he didn't. We know the first question in the Bible. There's over 300 if we're talking about questions in the Bible. Like the first question in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 1. God said to Adam, Adam, where are you? Hey, man, sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. Like if he asked you right now at 11.59 on Sunday morning, where are you? You went to church! Highest praise in that! Here I am, God. You'll be the first one to answer. But how about the rest of the week? Well, I'm, you know, that's when that selected hearing comes in, man. You know, we all know about that, right? I mean, that's when we all get it, the selected hearing. Wait a minute, well, I, I don't know what he said. And we're running, trying to get back in the right place so we can answer the question that he just asked us. Because he already knows where we are. Anyway, so like here's the first one. I'll get to that and then we're, we'll get you out of here. The first one was who do people say that I am? I mean, that's important. In Matthew 16, who do people say that I am? But that's not the most important one. Then he follows it up in Matthew 16, 16. Who do you say that I am? I mean, that's important that you, know, you can answer that question. Who do you say that I am? These are questions in the Bible. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Now, we're say, see, man, we will, we will, we will, we will, we'll buy t-shirts we'll put crazy mess on the bumper in our cars and everything else and, and stand up and, 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 and argue at the on our, on our job place about what other people say about Jesus and who they are but the main thing is no, 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 no who do you say that I am? he asked that to Peter here's something he asked, he asked that to Peter and he says Peter who do you say that I am? After he asks who everybody else says, oh, they think you're one of the prophets. You know, you know the story, or, you know, just Elijah, you know, or Isaiah, just somebody like that. Okay, okay, well, but who do you say that I am, Peter? 
love the fact he called him my name. Peter, who do you say I am? He said, oh, you're the Christ. You're the Christos. You're the son of the living God. And then let's jump through it. Then, then Jesus did something different. He says, you are the rock. You are now the rock. Right? You know what it says? Because once you identify, once you identify who Jesus is, then he'll identify to you who he believes you are. If you can't identify to Jesus who he is, then he can't reveal to you who he thinks you are. Let me say it again. If you can't reveal to Jesus who you think he is, then he cannot and will not reveal to you who he thinks you are. That's why this is a question that has to be answered. Who are you? Show me who you are. Oh, man, you're the dream maker, man. You're the destiny maker. You're the provider. You're the redeemer. You're my savior. You're the one that makes a way to see to be no way. I don't know what other is saying. I don't know what other churches think, other pastors, but I know that you are God. I know you're my alpha. You're my omega. You're the one that anoints me. You're the one that blesses me. You're the one that takes the cold from the altar thrones of God and touches my lips and purges my lips so I can say and speak and do what it is I can do. And matter of fact, I can do all things through Christ. You are the Christos, you know. They can do all things you are the God that heals me oh you're the one who lifts my spirit up you're the one that whenever I hang my head down thou oh Lord are a shield about me you are my glory you are the lifter of my head and every time I answer that question he reveals to me not what the world thinks I am but who he thinks I am We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.